funny things happen here, Pastor Robin, eh? I've seen some cool things happen in this church, man. I've seen people get rock and rolled and thrown around. and It's funny, eh? You know, I've seen a spirit of laughter on people quite a bit. And I remember back in the day, there was a time where we were in a service and everyone, everyone just started laughing. It started with a little giggle. I think it might have been Dawn or, or Gordy. And then all of a sudden, everyone's giggling, everyone's laughing. And I mean like hysterically, uncontrollably laughing. And I'm thinking, man, I want to get in on this. You know, and I'm like, yeah, man, come on, God, hit me. Boom, I got hit by the Spirit of God and started crying. <laughs> and I was just crying. I was like, hang on a minute, this is not what was meant to be happening. And I keep looking down the thing and everyone's laughing. And I'm like, what are you laughing at? It's not funny. Man, but here's the thing. God will hit you in your own personal way, eh? When you least expect it. You know, God, God often moves when we don't, not the way we expect we can't preempt God. You know, I've come to church before, and I'll be honest, I'll put my hand up. I'll come to church before and go, okay, then. Two fast songs, two slow ones, tithes and a message, and I'll be out for lunch by 12.30. We can treat church like that sometimes. We, we just come and preempt it and go, it's just another day. It's never another day. This could be your day. This could be the day where you laugh, where you cry, where God moves in your life, and he breaks through and changes something. You know, there was a special service for me when I gave my heart to the Lord. You know, now that might have been, there might have been people that day that went, oh, well, I'm just going to church, you know. But for me, it was my day. Changed my life. It was the time that God wanted to introduce himself to me and show himself strong on my behalf. And that, to be honest with you, everyone that was there that day, I felt like they were there to make up the numbers. I felt like that was my service and that God had orchestrated all of that for me because that's how much he loves us. Amen. Yeah, amen. Right, my message is called About Time. About Time, mate, eh? And funny thing about this message, it took a lot of time to put together. I, was really str- <laughs> I really struggled with this one, man. Like, I really did. Like, like, I'm not saying everything comes easy, but usually, usually by 5 o'clock on a Saturday, I've got everything all written up, ready to go, and, and I'm away. I was sitting there at 10 o'clock last night, Pastor Robin, going, gee, Lord, what am I doing? And um, it was funny because, you know, I was preaching on time, but it was all about timing. You know, last night it was getting really late and I was tired. And I was like, and so in the end, I just, I thought, I had most of it ready, but I thought I'm just going to go to sleep. This is, I'm pulling the curtain back here, I'm letting you know. And then I woke up really early this morning. I like the crack of nine. Nah, I woke up, <laughs> I woke up really early this morning and I got up and man, God just started revealing everything and bringing it all together, eh? You know? And so um, the message is called about time. And when I say time, I'm talking about the time that it is spiritually in the world with God, the times that we're going through independently, individually, and the times that we have as a church. I'm going to start off with a scripture, Genesis 1.14. Okay, this is, this is way back in the early days. And God said, let there be light. Because right? remember, it was void. The earth was dark and void. It says, let there be light in the vault of the sky, to separate day from night. Okay? And let them serve as signs to mark sacred times, days, years, and seasons. So God created time. God created time. And you know, God's not bound by time either. He's the Alpha, the Omega. He's the beginning, the end, everything in between. He's not bound by time. It says in Deuteronomy that he goes before us. It says he goes before us. To fight, our, to fight our battles and lead us into victory. 
So there's God going before us. He's not bound by time. He's not moved by, by space. You know, and let's think about faith. Faith is bringing what God has done for us already into the present. Amen? Amen. I knew I could rely on you, Gordy. Always good for an amen, mate. Always good for an amen. You know, time is relative, eh? Have you heard about that? Hey, time is relative. I'll give you an example. If you're on your phone and you're waiting for an app to load, 10 seconds can seem like ages, eh? But then if, you're, if you press snooze on your alarm for 10 minutes, it's gone in a blink. Hey, you know, time is relative. I mean, this is a short message, but it may seem like it goes on forever. Okay? The time is relative. And I mean, look, time is different in God's scheme of things, you know? 2 Peter 3, 8 to 10. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. You know, different time scales. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. Instead, he has been patient. He's been patient with us. He's withholding because he wants to be patient with us. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Everyone to come to that place in their lives where they go, you know what, I need a God. You know what, I can't do this alone. You know what, Jesus did die on the cross. Everyone coming to that point. Everyone coming to that time. But you know, God's timing is so different from ours. That's the thing about it. And, and, and I want you to, 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 to keep that word in mind, patient, that God is patient. Amen. You know, our time is valuable these days. I don't know about you, but time just seems to be getting harder and harder, speeding up. And time is valuable. And that's why we say we spend time. <clears throat> we spend time with people. We spend time because it's valuable. You know, and it made me think, what do I do with my time? How do I spend my time? You know, when you think about it, we spend a lot of time probably wasting some time. You know, there's, and I was thinking about it, you know, we worry about things that may never happen. We stress about things outside of our control. We rehash things from the past that we can't change. You know, now that is just, that's wasting our time. You know, and it's the enemy that tries to get your mind to spend time worrying about things that you shouldn't be. Because that's the biggest distraction that the enemy will do, is, is, is make a Christian feel like he's run out of time. Make him feel like he's got no time to do anything. And you know, if you haven't even got enough time for yourself, how, how are you going to have time for other people? How are you going to be able to overflow out of what's happening uh, in you with God to anyone else? You know, we've just got to, we've really got to value our time. You know, um, Psalm 90 verse 12, it says, So teach, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Spoiler alert, we've all got a number of days, okay? Statistics say 10 out of 10 people born will die. Hey, it's just part of life, okay? So, you know, we've got to value our life. And, and sometimes it takes something to go wrong before you realize how valuable your time is, how precious your life is, how good things are. You know, and we can easily fall into where we're just going through the motions. We're just running on a wheel, going nowhere, spinning, you know. Uh, and I'll give you an example. I've got a friend of mine. It's actually my best mate's dad. And I met him when I was about 12 years old. And he's a rough-ass bike. He, he's, he's, he's a, but he's a really nice guy, lovely man. And um, he's just been diagnosed with cancer. And he's been in and out of hospital. And it's been pretty bad. You know, now, I went to go and meet with him yesterday just to go to catch up with him. Because I, I like... Like I said, I met him probably over 40 years ago, 
and I still keep in touch with him all the time. I've been going to visit him for years, and um, uh, he's, he's, he was a bit of a mentor for me back in the day, you know, and I laugh because I always say to him, he taught me all the wrong things, but in all the right ways. If that makes sense? He taught me all the wrong things, but in the right ways because he spent time with me. He made me feel like I mattered. He made me feel like special around him. You know, he would take me out with him. He'd do anything for me. And, you know, as a young man, I didn't even realize you're subconsciously looking for approval, especially if your dad's not around. If your dad, if you don't grow up with a dad or you grow up with a dad who's not good, then you look subconsciously for approval from other men. You look for where you belong, where someone will say, hey, man, I like you. You're with me. You know, it gives you a bit of identity. And he did this for me. But anyway, when I became a Christian, he was awesome to me. And he started calling me Padre. That was my, that's his nickname for me, he calls me Padre. And um, so as a Padre, I went around there yesterday to see him and visit him, okay? And so I get there. Now, this man has always been, fairly, like, I've talked to him about what God's done with me, and we've had chats, but he's been very arm's length with me, you know? And even though I know him really, really well, you've still got to be sensitive to people. You know, sometimes we can be so zealous and we just want to spray the word on people that we can end up doing a little bit of damage, eh? You know what I mean? So you've got to be mindful. It's not about what I want to say. It's about what God wants me to say. And sometimes what God doesn't want me to say. Eh? And that might sound a bit odd for some people, but I can tell you right now, God's not always obvious. You know, eh? He's not always obvious. So, you know, it's like, oh, well, that must be the most obvious thing to do. No, sometimes God's like, no, no, fella, pull back a bit, eh? Pull back a bit. So, so anyway, I said to this guy, look, I'd shared with him. He knew, he knew what God had done in my life. And I said to him, look, I'd love to pray for you. Love to pray for you. And he looked at me a little bit like, you know, and he went, oh, oh yeah? Yeah, okay. Oh, well, cool. And as I started explaining to him what I wanted to pray for, his granddaughter came in. And she's about 18, 19. And, and she came in and she goes, oh, hi. And I was sitting there going, oh, no. No. Hey, you know, this is the time. This is a time. And when she walked in, I thought, oh, well, you know, I'll just pull back. And then, and then he goes, oh, hey, you know, and, and I know her, so I'm chatting away. I know her mum and that. And, and then he just turns to me and says, oh, so we're going we're gonna to do this? You going to pray for me? I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then he goes, oh, Padre's going to pray for me. And she went, oh, okay. So she, hey, it's funny, hey, she gets all straight and like, <laughs> like she's got to, hey, you know. Um, and so I just start praying for him. And I could feel the softness on him. And I could feel her getting really emotional. You know, when you see someone that you love and someone's praying awesome things for them and you're, you're speaking life and light, and you're declaring goodness and hope and favor and blessing and protection. People feel that, man. People feel that. You know, and uh, anyway, so I, so I do this prayer, and um, it was pretty good, Pastor Robin. I've been, I've been practicing and practicing, and it was pretty good. And I was like, oh, awesome, you know? And then at the end of it, she goes, oh, my gosh, that was amazing. Got, oh, cracks, got goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, and then, then she leaves, and I thought... I need to do the prayer of salvation with him, okay? And I started talking to him around salvation, and he was almost like, hey, man, come on, man. I've only just prayed once for the first time. Just, but I could feel there was a reluctance for some reason, and I, I know now what it was. He didn't feel worthy. He didn't feel worthy. And so, so anyway, I could have. I could have just gone, well, you know what? We're getting this done, you know, and, <laughs> and just pushed you know, no, no, you need to, you need to, you need to. But that's, that just makes it like ticking a box, you know, and a chore. It makes it a chore, and it wasn't. 
There's an appointed time for his salvation, and I don't know if I missed it or not, but it wasn't for me yesterday. And so what I did in the end is I said to him, okay, and I'm thinking, how can I do this? So I said to him, look, man, you know that I really care about you, you know, and I said, and I'm only doing this because I, I know that God loves you, you know, and that God works. But what I did was I said, look, I explained where Jesus fitted in, and I said, look, I'm going to leave that with you, okay? I've got to go visit him on Monday. So I said, look, I'm going to leave that with you. Have a think about it and see what we can do. So I walked away. Now, the point I'm making there is it's God's will. It says, my will be done. Not, not, not Brownie's will. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, I do, certainly want him to be saved. He said, I'm sure God wanted him to as well. But I, I don't feel like it was the right timing. And so I, so I stopped. Now, there's a scripture to back me up with that. In, in the Bible, Paul was forbidden by the Holy Spirit to go and preach in Asia. And that's what I was saying. Sometimes it seems really obvious. Well, wouldn't you go and preach in Asia? No. Sometimes it's time to listen. Sometimes it's time to sow and then hear when God's ready to move. Otherwise, I could talk him into getting saved yesterday and someone will talk him out of it. It has to be a revelation in someone's heart. There has to be the time where they're ready to receive it. Not just so that we can go, oh, well, tick another name off the, off the list. It's, it's far more personal than that, eh? It's far more personal than that. So anyway, you know, there's an appointed time for, for everyone's salvation. You know, I talked about my salvation at the start of it. Man, I know that that was, and I'm pretty grateful to God. He put on a pretty awesome service for me. And I could tell you right now, when the preacher spoke, because no one told me about the end bit, hey, the, the altar call. Hey, no one told me about that. And then when they started doing it, I started getting all nervous, and my hands started sweating, and my heart was pounding. And, I'm, and it was God speaking to me, drawing me, going, this is you. This is for you, you know? And I'm sitting there going, no, it's not. Because Why? Because, because I didn't want to get up in front of a whole load of people and walk, what, 15 steps and get prayed for. Sounds silly, eh? And then all of a sudden I did, and, and the whole world changed. whole world changed. So there's an appointed time for everything. God's, God's never early and he's never late. His timing is perfect and he's on time all the time. Our clocks can run a bit fast or slow sometimes. So we think God's out of sync. Eh? We think God's out of sync because our clocks are a little bit fast, a little bit slow. I had this vision years ago. I think it was a vision. I think I was awake. Might have been a dream. I'm getting a bit old now. But but I was um still in my prime though, guys. Um but was walking, was walking, hey, was walking. I always say that. I say it all the time to my sons when they say I'm getting old. I'm in my prime. I'm in my prime. Um and I had this this vision. Let's say vision because it sounds better. I had this vision and I woke I, I was in this long sort of corridor hallway and it was dark, but I was glowing. Like I had this, and it was an outline. I wasn't, it wasn't me glowing, it was an outline around me that glowed. And as I walked in the dark, I could see all the glow. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then I remember I was walking, I saw a door, and as I walked, I walked out of the glow. So I walked out of it, and then I was like, I'm not glowing anymore. And I was at this door, and I'm trying to open it. Trying to open it. It wouldn't open until the glow caught up with me. And then when the glow came back on me, I could open the door. That was God showing me there's an appointed time for things. There's a timing. And if I try and get ahead of God, it's not going to work. If I try and stay behind God, it's not going to work because I have to be in God's timing because God is on time all the time. So I have to rely on his timing, not mine. Like there's lots of things I want done now, you know. Hey, but, but is that what God wants done? Is that what God wants done? 
So I'm going to use a scripture, Psalm 27. Psalm 27 was the first scripture that I ever read. Ever read. I got given a Bible by a friend of mine, and I opened it up, and I just opened it up. And it landed on Psalm 27. And I remember going, oh, I'll read that. And I don't know about you, but the Bible had been really hard to understand in context for me. You know, just, and it's because I was just randomly thinking, you know, looking through. I wasn't getting a study or, or any real things. But it landed on Psalm 27, verse 1. And I'll never forget those words. And I looked at that scripture and I went, that is one of the staunchest things I've ever heard. I just looked at it and went, this is a David who, what, is sing songs for God. You know, like I didn't see him as a warrior. And I'm like, and he's declaring these, these amazing things. So anyway, before I get to the first scripture, I want to go to verse 14, when it says, oh, 13, sorry, I'll go to 13 first. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. In one version, it says, wait patiently. Wait patiently for God. You know, when I look around the world today, there's not a lot of patience. There's not a lot of patience in people. There's not a lot of patience for people. There's not a lot of tolerance. You know, people want to rush through it. Hey, they want to rush through it and rush to it. You know, everything's hectic and, oh, I'm so busy and I'm so busy. You know, it's really obvious when you, when you drive, when you get on the road. I can see the calmest, nicest people and they get in a car and their mindset changes, eh? And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, man, they're just different people in a car. Different people. You know, and you see it quite a bit. I remember I was over and we were in Fiji just about a month ago and we stopped. And th there's two things they say about Fiji. They say Fiji time. It's Fiji time, meaning, you know, there's, it's really relaxed. And they say Fiji are the friendliest people in the world. And that's true. That is so true. Until they start driving. Until they get in the car. Like, honestly, man, we were over there and it was like the wild, wild west. And it was just like, beep, 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 beep. And everyone, and, and like, you, you're trying to, there's no rules. Everyone's just everywhere. Um, and then we get on this tour. We're going on this tour, and the driver in the van, I'm sitting in the front, and he's just flooring it, overtaking trucks on the blind corners and that. And I'm just like looking at him. <clears throat> but it does, it changes people. It changes people. Anyway, I digress. It says, wait patiently for the Lord. Do you know that wait patiently doesn't mean do nothing? Waiting patiently for, for the Lord is not just being passive. Waiting on the Lord is not passive, it's actually active. Hebrews 4.12 says that the word is alive, active, and powerful. That's not a passive thing. You know, when you actively wait on the Lord, you're actually, you're actually preparing yourself and doing something and readying yourself for something that you don't even know what it's going to be yet but you're readying yourself in the word. You know, when I look around this room, a lot of wisdom in this room. You know, a lot of people that know a lot of word. And I use the word wisdom, not knowledge, because knowledge is just knowing. Wisdom is actually knowing and applying and doing. You know, I see a lot of wisdom in this room. You know, actively waiting on the Lord. So to actively wait on the Lord, you know, this is Psalm 27 verse 1. This is that scripture that I said I read and just went, wow. Uh, it says... And this is, the very, this is straight out the blocks, very first. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? Now, I remember reading that going, that is a pretty staunch response to whatever he's going through. Because you've got to remember, too, in Psalms, David's going through some stuff. 
He's in the middle of some trouble and distress. He's, you know, he's, he's got things coming against him, and that's, well, that's what comes out of his mouth. Hey, he's my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? So, you know, he was declaring his trust in God. You know, that's active, actively waiting. Psalm 27, verse 2. It then goes on to say, when the wicked advanced against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. So he's talking about God. He's declaring God's protection and his confidence in him. You know, this is not passive stuff. This is him actively speaking out, actively speaking the word of God into his life. Then Psalm 27, verse 4, I'm only going to leave here. You can go through the whole psalm and see what he breaks down, but Psalm 27, verse 4, he then turns around and says, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. So he's seeking God's presence. He's inquiring of him. You know, that, that's active. He's not just sitting back going, oh, I'm just going to wait on the Lord until something happens. Then, oh, I've got to go. He's actively working. You know, and it's, you know, like I said, this was written in times of distress, you know, and David waited patiently on the Lord. You know, if, if I look at David, you know, I love David. I love him. And what I love about David is because he's not perfect. He mucks up. Gives me hope, you know. <laughs> he mucks up, but he puts it right. He's, he's a man after God's heart. He even said, create in me a clean heart, O oh Lord. You know, like, so even when he mucked up, he always put it right with God. He always, he always learned from it. That's what I liked. But, you know, you think about being David. So he was one of eight sons, and the prophet Samuel had been given a word from the Lord that one of Jesse's sons were going to be king. Can you imagine that, that the prophet of God is coming to your house because one of your, you or your brothers is going to be king? And David doesn't even get invited. The, the, the prophet's coming to choose a king, and David doesn't even get a day off. The, David's sent out to shepherd. And in Samuel, 1 Samuel 16, 11, the prophet goes through everyone and goes, look, this is none of them are king. Have you got another son? The dad turns around and goes, yeah, we've got the runt. So he called him, we've got the runt. I was like, that's actually in the Bible. Could you imagine the dad go, oh, yeah, we've got the runt. Hey, that's terrible, man. You can imagine how David's self-esteem would have been hit then. You know, like, he's not even acknowledged there's a possibility for king. He's sent out shepherding. They call him a runt. Yet while he was shepherding, he was waiting on the Lord actively. He was tending sheep, protecting them from, from wolves, lions, bears, preparing himself. You know, that's not active. I don't think you can passively fight a lion or passively defend sheep from a bear. You've got to be pretty active about that, you know? And even though he was overlooked and even though he didn't care, he knew that God had a plan and a purpose for him. He knew that God had something for him. And so he was just waiting patiently, doing what he needed to do until everyone else had it revealed to them, until everyone else caught up with God. You know, even with Goliath. So that readied him to go and, to go and uh, fight Goliath. But, you know, when he fought Goliath, again, he, he was only going to the battle to take food. The brothers were the heroes there fighting. He was only meant to take food, but because he was waiting on the Lord actively and not passively, when he got there, here's the food, guys, Uber Eats, boom, 
turns around and goes, who's that Philistine? Who's that? What's he got to say? Hey. And everyone got annoyed with him. And I'll tell you why the men got annoyed with him, because they knew that that's what they should have been doing. But they sat around the campfire scared, you know? And it took David, who came in actively for the Lord, to go, nah, that's not right. I'm going to pull that guy up. I'm going to call him out. And then that, that, that then prepared him to be king. So everything that David did was not passive. He didn't just wait on the Lord thinking, well, one day my plan and purpose is all going to come together. He was, he was looking at what he could do for God every day, every moment, in every way, even tending sheep. You know what I mean? Even tending sheep. So, yeah, you know, we live in some hectic times, but we live in some really exciting times too, some really exciting times. And, you know, um, God knows the times that we're living in spiritually as well. You know, it's exciting because the prophecies of the Bible have been revealed. Hey, man, prophecies have been revealed. Darkness of the world is, is, is here, and, and the light of Christ is starting to show through. People are starting to see the light of Christ, man. You know, there's so much. And, and look at what we live in. So, so Hamas, uh, Hamas, Hamas is there, you say, just attacked Israel, eh? And there's a whole lot of thing going on there. Remember, Russia's invading Ukraine. You know, there's all these wars and troubles of wars and things going on. But for me, it's actually, as, as it unfolds, it's actually showing the world that they don't have the answers. It's actually people are starting to sense that there's something different about this. I talk to people and they may not even be able to put their finger on it, but may not even be spiritual, but they know something's not right. They sense that we're in these uneasy times, these uncertain times, and that, that in, a, in a blink things can change. So people are starting to realize that instead of putting all their trust and confidence in something like finance, job, money, things like that, they're starting to realize that that may not even be enough that you have to have some substance about your life and what you believe in, an anchor that you can hold on to when the rest of the world's going crazy and swimming around. You can, you can stay. You can stay with God. You know, people are starting to, to be awakened to what God's doing all around us, man, all around. It's, you know, like, I'll give you an example. There's a lady that, that rang me about four months ago and she said to me, I know her quite well, and she said to me, oh, hey, listen, you're going up to Gizzy quite a bit. I went, yeah. She goes, oh, I've got a friend of mine that's um, just been saved. She's just given her heart to the Lord up in Gizzy. Um, she doesn't go to a church. Her husband's not involved. It's just her. And, you know, I'd really love it if you would baptize her. I was like, oh, okay. That's interesting. So I, I said, well, maybe I should ring her, you know. And so I, I ring her, ring her and said, oh, hey, listen, I'm a friend of such and such as, and Gave me a number. And she went, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. And I said, oh, so um, do you go to any church? She said, oh, no, no, no. And she goes, oh, I don't go to church. I don't know any Christians. Um, and I went, oh, how did you get saved? Hey, <laughs> like, how did you get saved? And, which is really interesting. And she goes, oh, she goes, over COVID, she goes, we were just isolating and I was at home. She goes, my dog got really sick. I found this really interesting. Her dog got sick and she said, I felt in my spirit that it was time for him to be put down, and you know that that was the right decision, but the vet talked her out of it, okay, and said, "No, nah, no, nah, if you spend this money and you do this operation, it should live for a little bit longer, or whatever." Against her prompting, that prompting, she 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 went with the vet. Well, anyway, it went really badly. 
the um the dog the dog died anyway um bad quality of life leading into it because you know because of the operation there and she regretted that she regretted not listening to that prompting of the spirit okay and then she's sitting there a week after still regretting it and she gets a prompting from god around what was happening with covid and all the mandating and she started getting this urgency you've seen people when they're urgent for god man you this urgency on her that she had to get right with god so she went online online just looked up and then just just talked to god just said to god i believe you're real and i believe something's happening and you know and that's good enough for god and so so god was being revealed while people are just minding their own business at home thinking about their dogs you know god is god is what people are starting to sense it and i'll tell you why because the world is losing credibility it's losing integrity it's it's losing stability it's losing sustainability People are starting to look and go, how is this world going to carry on? You know? So when I say exciting times, that's what I mean, is that we're living in times where God's glory is coming and God's glory has been seen and people are starting to look and search and seek and want to know answers because they know that they're not, they're not getting the truth. People are looking for truth at the moment and we are the ones, guys. we got the truth, man. That's what I was saying before. There's a lot of wisdom in here. And here's the thing, you don't have to do a 40-minute sermon to them, but you have to be able to say something good about God. Give them some advice, point them somewhere, you know. It says in the Bible, in uh, Matt 7, 7 to 8, you know, ask and you receive, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall open. But, but they still need to be pointed to the right direction of where to knock, where to seek, you know. And we just point them to Jesus. That's all we need to do. It's not about us. It's about just letting them know and pointing them to God. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to finish up here. God knows exactly what time it is. He knows exactly what time it is in, in the grand scheme of things and spiritually. He knows. And I can tell you right now, we, we live in, in urgent times. And I know it's, it's hard sometimes to realize that because we're a bit removed. You know, it's sort of like business as usual here. You know, we'll, we'll quickly watch the war on news, you know, on TV. And so you can be removed from what's going on, but, but, but don't be ignorant to what's going on, man. Like God is starting to, to really start to jostle and people are starting to realize that there's more to this life than what the world's telling them. And they're looking for, the, a, a, they don't need a sign, they need a savior, hey, You know what I mean? That's what they need. And so for me, you know, I, I questioned myself when I was putting this together. What time is it? You know? And, you know, it, it, we've all got to answer that question ourselves. You know, what, what time is it? For me, I'm starting to see what's happening in this world because I've, I've got two young men as sons, 26 and 24. They've got a whole load of mates that are just, like, seriously, just so intense about God. And I tell you, there's nothing better than young testosterone in anything you do man eh? I call it Christosterone it's Christian Christian testosterone Christosterone yeah a lot of Christosterone in that group but you know they've got like six or seven mates that we get together and it's funny actually I don't even really do a study with them I just get there and they have so many questions and all of a sudden it just goes everywhere and, and it's almost like just having a big conversation but they are constantly coming 
with questions. After, I might need some help. <laughs> I'll email them through. Um, but honestly, just, just why? Because they're hungry, because they know. They know. You know, my sons, I was telling my boys on the weekend, they were raised in this church. And they spent decades listening to word in here, being under an anointing that they didn't even know. They were probably playing under the seats or coloring in. But they were in this presence of this room. And that word is in them. And God's bringing it all to the surface now. That's an encouragement for someone. Anyone who's want, wanting their kids or young people to be saved, that's what God's doing at the moment. He's bringing everything to the surface. Everything that was planted in someone in them, he's been bringing to the surface. Amen. Amen. So yeah, God is, God is ex- revealing himself, and with it, he's exposing the, 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 the limitations of this world. And his glory is just going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. Eh? We're on the right side, guys. Eh? Amen. We're on the winning side. So Father God, Lord, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the times that we live in. I thank you, Lord, it says that we were born for such a time as this, Lord God. You've called us for this time because you know, Lord, that we've got the stuff. You know, Lord God, that we're for you, Father. And if we're for you, Lord God, then you can lead and guide us and direct us and show us, Lord God. But I thank you, Lord God, um, that there'd be an urgency, not around freaking out and stressing and worrying, Lord God, but just that, that, that impression knowing, Lord God, that we have a plan and a purpose, Lord, that we're your mouthpiece, that we speak life and light, that we bring hope, Lord God, that we bring your salvation through your word, Father. So, Lord, I thank you, Lord God, for the times that we live in and the things that you're doing, and we give you all the honor and all the glory in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Right. You've behaved really well, so I'll probably let you off early. Um. But what I would like to do is I'd like to pray for anyone. You know, I talked about that, that, that people need a saviour, not a, not a sign. You know, Jesus is our saviour, you know. It says in the word that he's the way, the truth, and the life, that no man come to him but by the Father. Because it takes some faith and trust to go, yeah, I believe that you died for me, Jesus. You know, if there's anyone here that, that, that hears that and goes, oh, I've never done that, or I don't know about that, then, man, I'd, I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to lead you in a simple prayer. God makes everything simple. Lead you in a simple prayer that makes you, and this is what I said to my mate when I went in, I said, look, it's just making peace with God. It's just getting right and making peace with God, you know? So, yeah, if anyone wants to do that, feel free to come and see me. I'm going to close the service, and if you if you if you feel to, you can go out to the cafe and hang out. But if you want prayer for anything, for anything, we want to pray with you. You know, this is part of uh, waiting on the Lord actively. You know, is actually when there's an opportunity to get prayer or an opportunity to pray with someone in agreement or have someone get behind you and support you, then now's the time to do it. So, like I said, I'm just going to close the service. But if anyone who stays in here.